Welcome to the Portage Health Foundation podcast. We are back. Um, this time we are with Mike Lutz from the Omega House talking again um, with our Giving Tuesday partners. For those who are uh, out of the loop here, Giving Tuesday happens every year. Uh, it is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Um, it's all about giving back to our community and building a better future for all of our community organizations. Um, so the Portage Health Foundation is partnering with 18 nonprofits in the Copper Country area, um, including the Omega House. And we are going to be matching up to $200,000 in donations. Uh, if you want to make a donation, you can go to phfgive.org slash Giving Tuesday. You can make your donation there, or you can send us a check. Uh, 400 Quincy Street is our address. Um, if you do send a check, make sure you know who the nonprofit is in the memo section so we know um, who will be matching our check to. Um, Omega House, of course, is one of the organizations that's been with us from the start on this. Um, and we're, we're very excited. Last year, I think it was, was it $65,000 we brought to you guys? Yeah, just, just over 65000 that was, yeah. a, that was a big check, and it was a lot of fun to go over there um, and deliver with you guys. And, of course, last year we actually made it over there ahead of time, too, um, and did a little stuff on our Instagram. So if you go over to our Instagram account, phgifgive is our account, um, you'll find a, a story we did with Mike last year um, there. Um, but, Mike, why don't you tell us, uh, to begin with, about the organization? What is the Omega House? What do you guys do? Okay. Well, first off, uh, my name is Mike Lutz. I'm the executive director for Omega House. And uh, I've been their only uh, executive director uh, for the last five years. Uh, pre uh, previous to that, um, our board of directors uh, ran a lot of the, uh, you know, financials and, and things and running the house. So, um, yeah, um, Omega House has been here now for 15 years. We opened up in 2005. And th this year was your 15th anniversary. I saw a story yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. September, um, we uh, passed our 15-year mark. And uh, we did a little story on that in one of our newsletters. Uh, but yeah, we've been here for 15 years serving our community's end of life care needs. We are an eight bed facility, so we're small. Seven of our beds are uh, reserved for hospice clients and one is designated for our respite care program. Um, in addition to hospice and respite, we also provide um, other services um, that are related to end of life, um, but it uh, reaches out to a broader group of our community. So we do some advanced care planning uh, with families, and then we are also offering uh, grief education and support as, uh, as a, the premier end of life care facility in our area. We do see a lot of our families um, that are, you know, going through a tough time and dealing with grief, and we offer that program as well. Uh, the Omega House is one of those organizations that I love to talk about because um, it, it's one of those things that where, you know, a lot of people say right now, if you know, you know. Um, and a lot of people that that don't know about the organization have no clue, but everybody that does know um, will say nothing but the most amazing things about the Omega House. Um, if you've had a family member that's been utilizing any of their services, you realize how incredibly benefit it, beneficial it can be. Um, it's a very tough time in life and having partners like uh, the people at the Omega House to, to kind of take you through that a little bit. Um, and help your loved one um, as they, you know, as they pass is a really important uh, thing. So let me, I have a couple um, kind of stage questions here that we'll get, dive into a little bit. Um, the first one is, what was your first experience with the organization? When, when did you first hear about the Omega House? Well, you know, um, my involvement goes way back to the early days in the early 2000s when the house was being built. I had worked for a, another agency in town that helped bid out a lot of the equipment needs that they needed to get the house rolling. So um, I did a lot of that, uh, did a lot of the deliveries um, for that equipment. So that's, the, you know, so I've been involved in that fashion for a long time, you know, going back. But my, my 
personal involvement or the first time I really saw what Omega House does, it was in 2014. Um, my 53-year-old brother-in-law uh, spent his final uh, 13 days of life here. Um, he had a, a non uh, or a inoperable brain tumor. And it was at that point that I really understood more, even though I had worked with hospice in my other positions, I really got to see it firsthand. And, um, you know, it's a moment that um, myself and my family will never forget. And um, some of those same individuals that uh, care for my brother-in-law are still working here today. So um, that's, that's kind of the, kind of the background. Yeah. Hearing stories like that, um, you know, especially if you think back to before 2014, it, um, before you had to, that experience, it's a it's just a reminder of how how amazing the having something like that was. Because if you didn't have something like that, the other opportunity would have been very um, different, and it wouldn't might not have been as peaceful. All those things. Um, tell me a little bit more about um, you know you've been with your organization. Have you guys been in the same building the entire time? Uh, we have been here. Yeah, um, uh, we didn't open up until uh, we were fully ready to go and uh, we had raised enough money to build Omega House. So we are uh, essentially loan free. And um, so, yeah, we, this has been uh, the place since 2005. And um, that doesn't mean it's been the same since 2005, but you guys have done quite a bit of work there and have quite a bit planned. What kind of work have you guys done over the last few years to, to improve what's, what's going on there? Yeah, um, well, we've done quite a bit, and uh, I do apologize for my phone ringing. We're a small office, and um, I'm just hoping someone grabs that, which they did. So thank you. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, um, so we opened up as a six-bed facility uh, back in 2005. Uh, it was not long after that that we realized, um, you know what, we need to add at least one more room. And um, the uh, founding uh, members of Omega House knew enough to uh, leave a few rooms shelled. You know, we just had to do the finishing of the room. So we added our seventh room in 2009 and uh, ran as a, a seven bed facility for the next oh, eight or nine years until uh, 2017, we started our respite program. So we converted a portion of our garage into room number eight. Um, again, we knew that that might be something we would do in the future. So all of the the big windows were already in place. So um, the actual finishing off of that room was a whole lot um, uh, less expensive. And uh, so, yeah, we offer respite care now uh, for the last couple of three years. And uh, for those who don't know what respite care is, uh, more short-term stays, uh, caregiver breaks. If um, I always explain this as we all are or know someone who's caring for someone at home. And uh, that can be a, a full-time job. And, um, you know, you tend to miss out on certain events such as, um, you know, weddings or vacations and, you know, um, but you can't go because you're caring for someone. And what we do is we offer a place that you could bring your loved one here for a short period of time, you know, three days to a couple of weeks, maybe a little longer, and we'll care for them until uh, you get back. So that's what respite care is about. Yeah, and I look back at your calendar behind you. Um, you know, it's in the background of, of this, and you know, I see a lot of lines. Um, I was there a year ago, and and there weren't ne as many lines. So it looks like that that service has been a little bit more um, utilized recently, and people are kind of taking advantage of that opportunity that we have. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now it's it's been busy. Um, it's been busy since middle of June. Now, COVID had really um, 
gotten involved in, in um, reduce that program. Once people weren't traveling, there was no need to bring their loved ones here. And we can talk about that in later maybe, but um, yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's been a, a good help for us this year because our hospice business has um, been a little bit slower due yeah. to the world circumstances. Right. And it's, it's interesting. Both of these things are um, opportunities that communities our size, a lot of them around the nation don't have, and they can be really quite beneficial to families. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing moving forward. Um, you know, you talked about those uh, expansion, those two rooms. Um, mm-hmm. I know you guys have some future plans. What kind of things are you guys looking to do moving forward? Well, you know, um, we we've always had a plan that we might need to expand um, in a different fashion, whatever that means. Uh, maybe adding two or four rooms. Um, we have plans in place to do that. Um, but we're going to wait on that a little bit. In the meantime, um, you know, we're working on a couple things. We, um, we're looking to uh, build a gazebo. Um, we own three acres of land right next to Omega House. and We want to create a little walking path um, and a gazebo out at, you know, looking over towards the bluffs. There's a nice hillside there that um, uh, we figure we can get some good views. And it would be a nice place to hold um, some grief uh, education or individual um, uh, bereavement type services of, for uh, families, um, as well as just a place for families to, you know, hang out in the in the trees a little bit during the summertime. Uh, so that's one thing that we're looking at doing. Um, obviously, in the short term goals, we do need to replace our uh, generator. Our backup system here is just not large enough to handle what we need it to do. So we're um, Putting, um, we've already acquired a few quotes from some of the agent uh, businesses in town, and we'll be talking about that as uh, with our board of directors in the coming days. Um, so those are kind of the the things. There's, you know, um, every year we do an inspection of the house and look at what maybe needs to be put in the budget. Uh, the house is 15 years old now, so um, you know we start looking at carpeting and and roofing shingles and siding and and those kinds of things too. So. Uh, but we all take it a, a step at a time. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to see. If you've never been to the building, um, well, um, first of all, it's not a place you're going to want to just go visit. Um, but it is an amazing facility. You walk in, it feels like home. Each of the rooms have um, are very comfortable. They, again, feel like home, even though there's hospital beds in there. So it has that hospital feel a little bit. Um, it's a lot more comfortable than you'll find at a, at a normal um, you know, hospital room type thing. Um, so, Mike, I want to ask you this question is an interesting one. You know, you've been there for five years now, or uh, longer than that, as a as the um, um, director. What keeps yeah. you there? What motivates you to stay working in this field? I know it can be exhausting at times. <laughs> well, it is a challenge at times, and um, you know, it, it's a very unique business. Um, there's a lot of emotion, as you can imagine, um, up here at certain times. And you know, what keeps me going is, um, and I was telling my wife this the other day. You know, I, I had met. Um, a family in one of the grocery stores that had a loved one stay here and they remembered that stay and they had nothing but positive things to say. And they, um, you know, thanked me for helping them. And, and, you know, it's a difficult time for, for families to, you know, have to deal with someone that's dying. So um, I try to be their advocate as much as I can and help them out. My staff is helping them along the way too. So um, it's just very satisfying that people recognize me and um, even with a mask on in, in the uh, uh, grocery stores and stuff and, ha- and they take the time to talk to me and, and thank us. So those 
you know, I can't, I can't tell you how many um, wonderful um, letters and cards and uh, just, you know, just really nice uh, things that we get from families sharing their time and thanking us. Um, there's a lot going on at end of life and um, we want uh, their loved ones to, and, and their families to be able to enjoy whatever remaining time they have left. So um, I, I certainly enjoy that. And then we pass all these wonderful stories on to our staff and, and, you know, talk about it and, you know, but it's, it's especially, you know, we, we see or care for roughly 45 to 50 residents on average at Omega house. And in over five years, that adds up. That's a lot of family members. And, um, you know, um, I, I sometimes I, I have to think a little bit who, who I'm talking to because it, it's been a few years. But um, after a while, we start exchanging stories and it all comes back to me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about um, your staff there. What, what kind of staff members do you have in terms of nurses and what, um, you know, what motivates them? I imagine that hiring, um, you know, is, is a bit difficult at times. Hands up here for employee employment. Um, what kind of things do, do you hear from them and what, what do you look for in those nurses? Well, you know, we, we, we have a variety of uh, levels of education, I suppose. We, we hire uh, certified nursing assistants, LPNs, and uh, we have an RN on staff that works our day shift. She um, is our resident care coordinator who has been on board for a couple of years. She manages the entire uh, aid staff. So, um, you know, we have a, a good collection of folks that work here. These are people who have a passion to care for people. I have individuals that are working for me today that were here 15 years ago when the place opened up. And um, everyone, obviously, you know, we are a nonprofit, but they get paid. You know, they, they have an hourly wage, but many of them are here um, more for a calling, I believe, than an actual paycheck. And it's that type of person that we seek out. You know, we always have openings um, for staff. We can always, we, we always like to have a nice backup staff uh, when we're getting busy. So we're looking for individuals who have hospice experience and have that caring nature. And, you know, um, yes, it's, you know, we perform a lot of those nursing duties and medications and, and things like that. And, but, you know, hospice care is more, we'll say, hands-on, touchy-feely type um, care. And, um, you know, that's what we're looking for, people that aren't afraid to sit with our residents and talk to them and and, and listen to the stories that they have. Um, that they, they you know, we, we, we care for so many folks that have so many interesting life stories to tell us and, and you know, letting our staff, you know, training our staff to get those stories out, um, you know. So, you know, obviously that helps me creating newsletters and publications to um, share the stories of the folks that we care for every day here. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we look for, you know, those kind of qualities in people. And, um, you know, right now um, we have, I think one of the best staffs that I've ever worked with. They're just caring and they, they care for each other. Um, uh, this is a competitive market for staffing. It really is. Um, CNAs are in high demand and, um, you know, uh, they can kind of pick and choose where they want to go. And uh, I have, you know, our reputation has uh, allowed me to not really have to worry about staffing issues right now. You know, um, 
I have quite a few um, waiting to be hired. Uh, we just don't have, you know, openings from right now. So, yeah. That's great to hear. And it's one of the things I just want people to hear when they're thinking about what they're going to do in that stage of life. Um, or if they're not thinking about it, and eventually we all face those moments, um, is, is to know that the staff there is specifically trained in these kind of actions and can really be beneficial, um, you know, to, to anybody's family. Um, so, Mike, the next question I have is, is, is one that, you know, obviously there's a, a lot of um, things with HIPAA, so I don't, expect, I don't want any specifics of the family or anything like that. Um, but if you could just tell me one, one of your greatest success stories, one of the things when you look back at your time there, you specifically remember as being a moment that was really meaningful to you and, and or the family or your staff. Well, um, I, you know, in short term memory, about a year ago this time we had, um, you know, it, and, and I don't want to, you know, I'll just say it was a young, young lady, um, well before an age that most people pass, um, you know, very, very nervous family, very, um, you know, always questioning things and everything and just, you know, not prepared for a sudden diagnosis of there's nothing we can do. Um, so when she came in here, um, we had a lot to do to get, <clears throat> I think, the family to understand, you know, what we do and how we're going to do it. And uh, there was a lot of questions. And, you know, about two weeks later, she passed. And um, the husband lined us pretty much all up in the office and gave us all big hugs because um, <clears throat> he had a most memorable time with his wife. And, um, you know, it meant so much to him that he wanted to share that with us. And, you know, um, you know, it just sticks in my mind. I mean, there's a lot of those kinds of moments here. Um, <clears throat> people really appreciate the care that is given here. And I, you know, we've cared for over 650 folks in the 15 years and in their families, that's a lot of people. Everyone has their own special moment. Um, but when I reflect on certain ones, that one comes to mind all the time is that, you know, um, end of life has so many question marks and so many uncertainties and we're not all prepared um, to handle death. Um, we don't even want to talk about death, especially when we're young, we feel invincible. And, um, you know, unfortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there comes a time when we have to face that reality and, um, and when we can, we, we're helping our residents and families uh, get through this difficult time. Yeah, and again, I, I just, it's such an amazing service you guys provide. And um, I remember last year being up there um, and just being emotional, you know, just being around the staff and seeing these rooms, because it is, a, it's a really meaningful um, thing for, for many people. Um, so again, if you want to support um, Omega House, you can make your donation by going to phfgive.org slash giving Tuesday. The link will also be in the show notes here for the podcast. Um, and just make sure you, you click Omega House as, as the donor. Um, you know, this money goes a long way to helping them do the services they do, just improving them, um, making sure that that high quality is something that they, um, you know, they never go without. And um, on that, one of the notes that, that, you know, every one of these organizations has had in 2020 is this, is this COVID that's just been overriding us all and something we're going to talk about in every one of these podcasts because it's affected everybody. Um, what, what has COVID meant to your organization in, in both in terms of revenue and that kind of thing, but also with just the general care you guys are providing? Yeah, well, it's um, certainly turned things upside down a little bit, um, especially in the early days. Um, 
and there was a lot of uncertainties. And I think not just with Omega House, but a lot of the homes and you know, nursing homes and families, um, we actually had seen a reduction in, in revenue um, of over 50% um, through the summer. And in fact, um, when we got around the 4th of July, we had no residents in the house for, you know, for several days. And that hadn't happened for 10 years. Looking wow. records and um, certainly uh, concerning, but when you start to look at the reasons why, um, and if I, I'll take a little bit of time to explain a few things is that, you know, over the years, our average patient or resident will stay here maybe, you know, three to four weeks. That's about the average. Um, a good amount of time to experience what we can do. Um, but what was happening during COVID, you know, the visitor restrictions um, came into play and people were afraid they wouldn't get to see their loved one anymore. So they did their best to care for the individual at home as long as they can. Now they had more support because people were working remotely. So they were able to take care of uh, mom or dad, grandma or grandpa, um, as long as they could. But, um, you know, as you get closer to end of life, the job becomes much more difficult. And at that point, there's nowhere to turn but to a place like Omega House to let us handle the care at that point. Um, so we were seeing um, lengths of stays uh, five days or less was our average going through um, up to the middle of, you know, the summertime here. Now it's getting busier, um, which tends to happen here in the fall and winter time. So, um, but I think people are understanding that, you know, here it's not totally no visitation, it's limited um, to about four um, family members, immediate family members that are pre-chosen up front and, and, you know, have obviously are not feeling any illness at that time. So it's, it's helped. And in the summertime, it was good too, because you could visit from the beautiful room windows outside, not so much of an option coming up here. So, um, we, we, we are seeing, you know, the business is turning around somewhat, but the stays are still short and, um, you know, we advocate that folks come a lot earlier, um, basically so we can address the physical, emotional, um, psychological, uh, spiritual needs that they, they have. And um, can't necessarily do all of that in the last week of life. Um, so, um, you know, we do feel that things are turning the corner a bit. Uh, we do have strict uh, sanitation or sanitizing rules uh, going on. Um, we're all wearing face masks um, uh, throughout the building. Our residents wear, our, I mean, our uh, family members wear them. Um, so we have a lot of those things that you're seeing out in the community. Um, the difference as a as our licensure is different than a, a long-term nursing care unit. Um, we can have um, visitors, um, especially um, when they're in an active dying phase. Um, we'll open it up to a few more. So. Yeah, it, it's been tough. You know, um, when we started getting slow on referrals, um, you know, we had to make a decision what to do with our staff. Um, we were going to ramp up again at some point, and it could be I may not have any patients here one day, but I could have two or three the next day. So I had to have them waiting. Um, our board continued to pay staff members um, to be here for us, and and I think that's why we you know, have such a caring group because our organization cares for who we employ. And, um, uh, you know, it was just, we had to do it. 
So we would be open all the time for whoever needed us. Right, and hopefully you guys were able to take advantage of some of the CARES funds and things like that, I imagine. Yeah, we, we did get to some, some extent. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention is, um, you know, I know you guys do fundraisers. I was out at the golf outing this year, um, and, you know, that was that was great. It was good to have people out there, but um, I, some of the other fundraisers, I imagine, didn't go as planned because of, because of COVID. Yeah. yeah, we normally do uh, at least three a year. Um, uh, we did our golf scramble. Uh, we did have to put it off from June until August. Um, and that was a very, that was a success. We had almost a full, full, uh, load and, um, generated over $8,000. Um, however, our largest fundraiser, which we have been doing the last few years with the Calumet theater, um, we had an excellent, um, tribute act coming in. Um, and we had to postpone that due to restrictions, but, uh, he is on schedule for October 2nd, next uh, 2021, and uh, we're gonna hope it happens. Um, so yeah, fundraising, you know, obviously wasn't where we had budgeted for, and um, it, it overall, it's probably not gonna be the greatest year that Omega House has seen. So, um, uh, you know, as far as donating, this would be, you know, the time and, and, and the year to do it if you haven't done it in the past. Um, and um, I'll let you go from there, um, Mike, but um, you know, we can talk about all of that after. Yeah, um, again, if you wanna make your donation to the Omega House, go to phfgive.org slash giving Tuesday, um, fill out the, the form there to make a donation. Uh, make sure you check the box if we want the organization to go to, um, and then you can also send a check to us. Um, we've been getting a lot of checks in the mail already, which is great. Um, a lot of online donations already, which is great. It's amazing to see the community coming out and support. Uh, all of these organizations um and, and so let's go back to mega house what are some of the other things people can do to support you um i know obviously money donations are huge and but there's other things people can do to support you guys yeah you know what if you can't make a financial donation um you can always volunteer uh your time is one thing we're a volunteer driven organization and we're always looking for um, new volunteers so um if that's something you have in you to work with the dying um, it's really rewarding. So we, we suggest that uh, you consider that. Obviously, we accept, we have a wish list, um, paper products, household cleaning products, those kinds of things um, are always accepted here. Um, and then, you know, for those that can make financial uh, contributions, um, obviously, again, for the, I believe, fourth year in a row, you can make your donation up to December 1st to the Portage Health Foundation, selecting Omega House as your charity of choice. Um, Portage Health Foundation will match that. We're very appreciative. As we said at the beginning, um, uh, we were presented with a check for $65,000 last year. Much of that was um, the nearly 200 folks that donated in, on behalf of Omega House made that number go high. So um, it's a very important time for Omega House. Um, as a lot of nonprofits during the giving season, we experience at least 30% of our overall fundraising efforts are in the last six weeks of the month or of the year. So um, it's a very important um, process. We just sent out a fall um, appeal mailing that just hit the post office the other uh, yesterday. Um, so I'll look for that. There's lots of directions. We do, we also have um, funds that you can donate to. Um, if you want your money to go to a specific fund, we have um, the Gerald Viro uh, Memorial Fund, which helps uh, pay for or offset the costs for those families that are unable to pay um, 
the full price to to stay here. If they have limited income, uh, the Gerald Viral Fund is there for um, to help those individuals and pay for some no cost care days. Um, and then we, we just started our generator fund, um, which we are trying to build up. We are uh, in the process of acquiring bids to do that. And um, we want to be able to uh, run the entire house with a backup system. So um, check us out online, uh, omega-house.org or in Google, Omega House Houghton. Um, go to our donate page and you can make an electronic donation that way as well. Um, you can still drop off payments here. Um, ring the doorbell, someone will meet you out front and um, you know we'll, we'll acknowledge that gift in, in many ways. So um, just know that any gifts that you give today or through the Portage Health Foundation initiative here with Giving Tuesday, that uh, your, your gifts will be um, used wisely and in the uh, best fashion that we find fit. Because um, we, we know how hard everyone works to earn that money and we wanna be good stewards of that too. So um, you can always call me at Omega House anytime, 482-4438 uh, and we can talk, so. Excellent, so again, if you're interested in, in volunteering, um, is, is that newsletter you guys send out, is that something people can subscribe to? Um, we don't have that. Well, yeah, they could call and just um, give me their address and I'll put them on a mailing list. Um, we, we, we don't have the computer functionality yet to actually um, have them sign up for the newsletter. We're, we're still right. working on that. But uh, yeah, call and uh, you can get all our mailings. We send out um, four publications every year, a couple newsletters, um, an annual report and a fall appeal, which we just sent out now. So Lots of good information in all of those product, um, publications. So all, all of that, as well as the volunteering opportunity and, of course, donating. Um, if you do want to donate to one of those specific funds, just make sure you put that um, on your on your donation to us. There's space to our comments and just add that, that specific thing. We'll make sure that gets um, to the Omega House. Um, Mike, I want to thank you so much for doing this podcast here today. It's been really great to talk to you. Um, the Omega House does amazing things, and I'm really excited for the donors to get out there and support it again this year. All right. Well, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate the time. and. Um, for uh, looking for good results. And I want to thank Portage Health Foundation for again, um, putting, making this a lead project and, and putting quite a, bit of, quite a bit of money out there to match. So um, it, it's just a, an amazing initiative. And um, I really feel that this is getting bigger and bigger every year. People know what Giving Tuesday is and um, it's really a help for um, you know, not only just Omega House, but there's a lot of uh, wonderful nonprofits out there that are are vying for these donation dollars. And um, any help we can get from the foundation is uh, is accepted and, and really appreciated. Thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you. And if you want to uh, subscribe to the Portage Health Foundation podcast, you can do that um, by going to wherever you get podcasts. We're available pretty much anywhere you would download it. Um, as well as going on to YouTube, subscribe to our page there. All of our um, podcasts also get put out as videos there. So thank you guys again. Thank you, Mike. And we will talk to you guys later. All right. Take care. Bye now.